listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work. They're illegal. With the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. Just a quick note here. You know how Arizona legalized nunchucks a couple of weeks ago, right? I do. All right. State of Texas might have upped us one. They've just legalized brass knuckles. All right. That's good. I have those. They kind of come from the same school, right? Uh, It's kind of like one of those old things that you, when you were a kid, you're like, oh, man. I guess, if I had a set of those. I guess it's time for me to make a Neanderthal confession. Do you have brass knuckles? I have several pair of brass knuckles. And I smuggled them, in, them into the country illegally from Mexico. <laughs> when I got... <laughs> true story. <laughs> I went down to... Went to well, we went down to... Uh, through TJ, down to Rosarito, uh, in, the, in the bazaar down there, which is a beautiful market. If you if you have a chance to go, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet it's nice. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I walked past uh, one of those plexiglass counters and I saw several varieties of brass knuckles. I was like, oh, I'll take those and those and those and those because I was hammered. I'll take those and those and those. And I got them all back, you know, to the house that we were renting. And uh, my buddy goes, how are you going to get those back to California? I go, what do you mean? He goes, they're illegal in California. I go, so what? He goes, we have to go through the border check. I'm like, they're not looking for brass knuckles. They're looking for drugs. Right. I, you know, I smuggled a, a setback wearing them on my hand. Nobody even noticed. <laughs> well, I love it. I remember you used to be able to buy them in, like, head shops for as belt buckles. <laughs> remember that? You could buy the brass yeah. knuckles belt buckles, yeah. and then and then what we do is you'd get them home, and you'd get, like, a, a grinding wheel or a pair of tin snips and cut the little clips off them so that you still had brass knuckles. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it's time for that. Conf- I guess the statute of limitations run out. I, I yeah. think I did that 17, 18 years ago. Yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> Black brass knuckle market is not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting, I mean, literally, by the way, brass knuckles don't fit anybody with an actual man-sized hand. <laughs> just so you know. They're made for little people. Yeah. So funny. It's just a term you never even hear anymore, brass, brass knuckles. knuckles and, yeah. yeah. Remember, remember brass knuckles, blackjacks, and sap gloves. Oh, man. Yeah. Woo! Let's make America great again. Party time. With Valley resident Rob Halford up front. That's Judas Priest at 100.7 KSLX. Did you have any idea that the metal god was also a ninja? Yeah, that was that's a funny story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Outside of Chicago, uh, Priest is on stage doing their thing. And some jack wagon has got his phone out and he's filming the show. Now, that's not an uncommon thing. People do that all the time with their yeah. phones. They cell phone film the show. I'm not sure why. You paid a lot of money to see the band. Watch the freaking show. But this guy's filming it and he's got the flash on on his iPhone, which is basically a bright light. That flat that, that that illuminates the area so that you can get good lighting for your video. Rob Halford is blinded by this light, so he gets tired of it and whoosh, just kicks the phone out of the kid's hand. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to hurt his Yelp rating tomorrow. <laughs> well, the guy will give him a poor Yelp. They'll rating. get a poor yeah. Yelp rating. There goes his perfect Uber rating when he tries to drive home. Yeah, we talked a lot about that yesterday with the Uber stuff. Yeah, well, Uber, oh. Uber is. Uh, Uber has said, we're tired of bad passengers, right. and they're going to deactivate a lot of people's accounts, people who are have been rated by the Uber drivers as bad passengers. You know what I was surprised is we heard from a couple of Uber drivers yesterday, and there was one woman who called, I think her name was Dee, and Dee said one of the one of the, her pet peeves is, and I couldn't understand this, smell, like how you could leave the house stinking and not realize it, especially if you're in a confined area. Yeah, but you she know, said one of the problems is people, time. people stink. Yeah. Wash your ass. <laughs> if I could give you any advice this morning, especially here in the valley, yeah. how do you go a day without showering? Sometimes I shower twice a day just because. You know what? There And there are certain spots you got to hit. 
when you're in the shower. Yes, the Fremunda. Yeah, you got to yeah, yeah, so. polish the Fremunda. Got to make sure that's taken care of. I think we've got another Uber driver. We, we heard from a lot of a lot of Uber drivers yesterday with some crazy <laughs> tales. So what's up? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I, I definitely agree with D on the uh, hygiene thing. That's a big thing. Are you a are you a rideshare guy? Oh, yeah, I'm a driver, and I use it every once in a while. But uh, And I used to do both Uber and Lyft, but right now I'm doing just Lyft. And have you ever had a woman come on to you? No, but I wouldn't mind it. I mean, it's not, it depends, I guess. I mean, most of the women I pick up, I definitely would not mind if they wanted to come on. Sure. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But I want to tell you guys, too, one thing I will tell you is that um, for us to rate, we have to rate you. We don't have a choice. The transaction will not end until we do rate you. And if we, if we rate you anything below a five, we have to give a reason. So it, for me, it takes a lot for me to give you anything below a five. And also, if I give you a three or below, I will never be paired with you again. All right. So give us one bad passenger story. Yeah, I had one guy that got in my car, and he must have just met with his uh, uh, his dealer because, I mean, he smelled like 420 so bad. I mean, I thought I was afraid I was going to get pulled over. I had to open the windows up. It was so strong. <laughs> All right. That's a pretty good one right there. So there's a couple of lessons if you're a rider, if you are a passenger, to not get a bad rating. Don't smell. Don't smell like pot. <laughs> right. And, you know, I we asked about the uh, – People coming on because that was another thing. Somebody else, a driver yesterday said, you know, a lot of the, the women sometimes will invade your personal space and come on to you and vice versa, too. The guys will come on to the women yeah, drivers creepy. also. Creepy so. yourself. Good way to get shot. Yeah. Uh, 480-470-KSLX is your number here. You know, by all means, if you're a driver, love to hear from you. Van Halen. Now, there's a band that always appreciated the value of merchandising, right? Uh, yeah. They used yeah, to say, right. if they saw guys at their concerts selling, like, you know, bogus Van Halen t-shirts out of their trunks, you know, that kind of thing. They had a group, a group of guys that would kick their asses. Yeah. They, they yeah. had a, a bunch of thugs, basically, yeah. that would go out. <laughs> the road manager was one of them. Yeah. He would join in, too, and 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 rough these guys up. Well, they so cut- those guys never again So And then Van Halen, you know, came to some kind of an agreement yeah, with these guys. Yeah, they cut deals with those guys, yeah. cut deals with those guys, so that anything that had their name on it, uh, they would get a piece of it. They would allow these guys to sell it because why not? Hire them to do the work for you yeah. and then take a piece of the per- per- percentages, which is a common thing now, licensing your name for stuff. I mean, that's how our president made so much money was licensing his name. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and There's value in that. Sometimes it can go too far because uh, the, the whole Tom Petty thing, you know, since his death, something sad, really sad has happened that his, his ex-wife and, and her stepdaughters, Tom Petty's daughters, two daughters from his first marriage, have been going back and forth like crazy. Well, on how to handle the estate and make money off his name and his music and so forth. And the latest thing is just the most ridiculous. Yeah, you, death, you know what I'm talking about, right? The salad dressing stuff. Yeah. Death yeah. brings people together to fight is what happens yeah, in that situation. So salad, uh, by the way, Tom Tom Petty salad dressing would probably be the latest in the line of celebrity like food items. Like like Paul Newman. That's what the, I guess they've, they've, they've raised millions for charity. Oh yeah, yeah the, the Paul Newman thing works and it has worked for years now. Right. And, and I guess the daughters want to license Tom Petty's name for a bunch of kitchen stuff, you know, household products, one of them being like a salad dressing. And the ex-wife is like, that's not what he would have wanted. He turned down stuff like that when he was alive. So, yeah, he wasn't really a corporate shill. He was very Neil Young in that way. He was in, yeah. in a lot of ways. But it's yeah. a it's it's just a, you know, Tom Petty salad dressing. I mean, is it possible? I think it's possible. She's a vegan. Loves alfalfa. <laughs> Hates hot dogs and arugula, too. She's a vulture, 
Making money on a memory of Tom Petty. It's a salad. Needs some dressing, maybe blue cheese or a nice vinaigrette. It's got lettuce, tomatoes, and croutons with some dressing. I'll be all set. Yeah, and I don't know where we go from there. Well, we could go, uh, it's a salad <laughs> with romaine lettuce, carrots and cukes, and scallions, chunks of tuna. But it needs some dressing. Think I'll use some Italian blue cheese. I don't know. Something like that, I think. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's a start. That we're done, yeah. yeah. I would think so. Uh, that is one of the sadder things that's gone on with the Tom Petty estate is that the daughters from the first marriage and the ex-wife from his second marriage, or I should say widow from his second marriage, are doing battles. I would say, and I, I don't mean to sound like a sort of a ghoul in this, fa- in this fashion, but there's plenty to go around. There is plenty to go around. KS selection. I'm glad we played that actually because we just we we just talking about Tom Petty and the the bickering going on in his estate between his widow, her name is Dana, and his two daughters who are from his first marriage. Now, why wouldn't they have claim to anything over the rights of his of his estate? Here's the way it goes: Um, his his widow is in charge of everything. She's supposed to be making the decisions, like the executor type deal. Kind of. She has fifty percent. The two daughters have 50% between them. All right, so, so that's a 50-50 deal. Then who, who gets the final vote? Supposedly the widow has more say. but L- it's Like 51-49 type apparently deal? Apparently that wasn't made explicitly clear. So there's all this going back and forth. Right. There's, there's, like, there's several lawsuits. But that song actually, I, I stumbled across an article a couple of weeks ago, and the headline is, A Song for Any Struggle. Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down is an Anthem of Resolve. I'm going to post it for you at the KSLX what? Facebook page, the, the article. article. Right. It's really, you know, we take those songs for granted, you and I, because we, you know, we hear them every day and so forth. We've and even I, clowned the song because, I mean, when I hear Tom Petty talking about I won't back down, I'm like, I'm not sure Tom Petty's ever been in a fist fight. Not with a teeth fist like, fight. With teeth like that, you probably wouldn't want to, <laughs> not, you probably wouldn't want to put those in front of somebody else's knuckles. Not necessarily a fist fight, but according to Mike Campbell, who was his guitar player forever and he's now in Fleetwood Mac. Right. Uh, he said he didn't back down in terms of his, his art or what other producers wanted to oh, do Oh, no, with he's his notorious songs. about that, yeah. Was very definite about that. And he said about the song I won't back down, he said it, that was one of his skills was saying a lot with very few words because there's really only a few lines of that song. He is. I mean, look, Tom Petty and we, we, we talk about it. I was never a huge. I, I'm one of those guys at Tom Petty's career. It split right around the you know the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I sort of lost interest when he went over and became a Wilbury. That was not my thing. But his early stuff like that, like there are very few guys out there that you could call a poet. Like a genuine poet, a lyrical genius, a guy that can actually tell a story, make it artistic, make it interesting, and make it sing along, like a hummable type thing. Yeah. Like Springsteen, for all of his brilliance, doesn't write hummable songs that you can sing along to. That's a completely false statement, but 
I won't disagree with you here. We'll but just you talk, but we're talking about Tom Petty. But you know I, what I, I disagree mean. with you, but yeah. You know, but, so, but, but Tom Petty, like that's that song is an earworm. That'll be stuck yes. in your head for the rest of the day. Tom Petty is more hook-laden that's my point. than a yeah. Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. And that's, but, but they're both lyrical geniuses. John Mellencamp's sort of the same deal. You got these guys that are able to tell a story yeah. within the context of a song and make it both poignant and fun. This article on I Won't Back Down, and I agree with you, um, it, it has all these different testimonials from people. A woman who made it through Marine Corps boot, tra- boot camp because right. that song was her, her mantra. A guy who's, whose dad committed suicide and he right. thought he was, was going to do it too, but he didn't because of that song. It's got all these things. Um, his wife said they played it every single night the 20 years she was on the road with them because Tom Petty never got tired of the response. Her quote is... Uh, there were times she remembers when tens of thousands of fans were singing along so loud they'd drown out the band. It's a song that touches everybody in their own way. You could see the people were all singing about their own lives every night. And it's a pretty amazing thing to witness. She even heard Tom Petty. Somebody once told him that that song brought a girl out of a coma. Wow. I'll say that again. And again, well, that's a song. I, I take that song for granted. You know, it's two minutes and 52 seconds, but... For some people, it's an anthem. Yeah, well, that's that's outstanding. And then when you hear that story about the crowd drowning out the band, that's got a very Beatles-esque quality to it. Yeah, which I'm sure would make Tom Petty smile. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so check out the article. It's at, it's a, be up at the KSLX Facebook page. It's it's a good read. It's well worth it. So, we owe a listener an apology. In what way? Well, here's well, you know the story I'm what talking about. What did we about. do? Here's the story. Okay. Uh, remember, the, there was a guy named Paul who called us on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. It would be Tuesday, I think, because it was the first day back. And he was like, hey, did you guys get any calls about the, uh, the sky riding plane drawing the penis in the sky? Oh, yeah, now I remember this. Yeah. And we were like, what? And so he goes, yeah, there's a, a plane out here. It's a sky rider, and it's drawing a penis in the sky. It's gigantic. And we're like, yeah, yeah, okay. He sent us a picture that a friend of his had taken. It's like, uh, not really a lot there. So we were, you know, That's we couldn't really said? see. Yeah, we couldn't really <laughs> see anything, and and so we were very skeptical. It's kind of like in uh, in planes, trains, and automobiles when the one couple is telling John Candy and Steve Martin, "You're going the wrong way," and they're like, "Thank you, bye right. now, sure. thank you." And what do I see yesterday? The headline. Air Force pilots didn't mean to draw a phallic symbol in Arizona sky, Luke Air Force Base says. Now, I believe, now don't get me wrong, I believe the phallic symbols were drawn, or the symbol was drawn by two incredibly expensive F-35 fighters. Yeah. I think that's what they use. It's the latest in technology, and that's what we're using it for. Congratulations. (laughs) Well played, Luke. Luke says it was an accident. The spokesperson (laughs) said they were doing some kind of training exercise simulating a dogfight. Right. And one went one way, one went the other way in a circle. Yeah. And then they went straight up. And yeah. Well, okay. Picture drawn. So I, okay. I, I don't know, but we do we do owe the apology, and, and Paul is with us. So, oh, boy. So, Paul, please accept our deepest apologies for not giving you the credit you deserved. No, no, no. Accept Mark's deepest apologies. I believed you from the get-go. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. It certainly is, but I never spoke of it on, te- on the radio. <laughs> In your guys' position, you got to be kind of careful what you meddle with, you know? We, yeah, we can't believe everything that's that's told to us. But you, you did send us a picture. The picture you sent was not quite as – one of the testicles was not quite as clearly formed Ow. as the other picture I saw yesterday. <laughs> yeah, which you should really I, see somebody about that. <laughs> yeah, really. I called my unadopted stepchild right right before I called you guys, and 
he's seen it, and he was over on, oh, geez, over by the 303, kind of, and I'm south of I-10 on, on like, 85. So this by was- the way, you guys are awful attracted to penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's that big, you can't. I don't think I've ever seen a 20-foot Peter before. Yeah, that's true. When, when it's written in the sky, it is kind of hard to, uh, to miss, I suppose. So that, was, that was over on the west side, right, by Luke? Yeah, it actually would have been even further west than Luke. It was up above the mountains up there. Okay. Let right. us send our most sincere apologies to you. I got a super kick out of just getting through and talking to you guys. This is neat. You guys always got something funny to call in on. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul. And again, our and, apologies. And sometimes you provide, you provide the funny and we just steal it and take credit for it. Exactly. That's really yeah, what that's right. about. Thank you, Paul. We appreciate that. So if you saw that the other day, it was up there, apparently. And according to Luke, at least, it was an accident. By the way, just an Air Force joke for you. You know the F-16 would never have done that. That's all I'm saying. watch any of the game of thrones no nope. you know and you can no, still no catch up but i don't want to catch up it's obviously been eight years if i was going to catch up i would have already caught up if you did watch it i'm you, sorry is that a show is that something is, i should be aware of you you would know who Jon snow is he was like the main he evolved into the main character over the years okay um the actor's name is kit harrington and he made news this week because he went into rehab did you see this because when I, I read about his rehab place it's really like is this rehab or is it vacation in what way? I mean, I mean, obviously the guy's got a problem, so he needed to go to rehab. I well, mean, he, he was in like a Scottsdale rehab. Is that what you're talking about? It, it was in Connecticut. <clears throat> All right. All right. All right. So that's not like Scottsdale. Yeah. So he checked in for uh, stress, exhaustion, and alcohol. Right. It says here the facility where a 30-day stay costs $120,000. Are you sure that's a rehab, Mark? Exactly. Because it kind of sounds more like... <laughs> that's, that's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, right? Yeah. Hello and welcome to no. Celebrity Rehab, where our guest today is Kit Harrington, who will be housed in a luxurious palatial 4,000-square-foot suite with several water beds and lovely plush, plush leather couching. Yeah, that's about what it's like. 120 grand for a month. It offers a private chef, a, Are you fitness, a fitness studio, and massages. <laughs> Well, that'll teach him the error of his ways right there. Yeah, you go and visit him. You're like, Kit, you've really hit rock bottom here. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Except rock bottom is pillows that have satin bed sheets on them. That is a freaking... Here's a moment of clarity. Your checking account is about to be debited $120,000 in 30 days. Look, if you can blow $120,000 a month on rehab, you don't have a drinking problem. Right, right. And you know what? If it's $120,000, they better have alcohol. Says he checked in for stress, exhaustion, and alcohol. Yes. The alcohol better be included yeah i would think so it's yeah it should be like sandals no kid yes <laughs> all inclusive you know what they're also it's not even like a real rehab no they, it's not because with rehab you can't just wander off they're allowed shopping trips in the nearby village <laughs> really yeah <laughs> nearby village and he ran into people who recognized him. they're like kid harrington what are you doing here and he kept telling people i'm on holiday right. he well, wasn't lying again, of course he was he was not lying yeah, no that's not, not that's not regular person in rehab there. Yes, at normal normal rehab, your methadone is delivered in a plastic <laughs> Dixie cup. This place here, it's it's topped off with a lovely champagne Perrier, served in the, only the finest crystal. Yeah, you don't have a drug problem if you can afford it. 120. How long is he staying? He, I think he's already out. Um, he, I'm sure he misses the meals. I mean, this place sounds awesome. 
I know. I almost feel like I should develop a drug problem now. I don't think. Can I get insurance to pay for that? I don't think me, you, or anybody listening is going to have that good a weekend. No. I'm not, I don't know how much I have in my HSA, but I'm really thinking about spending <laughs> it now. I got to use it before I lose it. Is what I'm thinking. Exactly. at the weekend pretty much well well almost for us we'll be done in about an hour yeah we get out earlier but you know you've got a full day ahead of you but it is the weekend nonetheless it's friday and you start thinking about that first cold frosty beverage yeah it's going to be a weekend for it too if uh it's going to be as warm as they say it is you should probably stay hydrated and remember one beer one water that's the the key to not getting getting dehydrated so make sure you take care of everything but this is a time for the story of my first beer. About 16, A1 Brewery, downtown Phoenix. You can buy it off the back dot from the employees, regardless of age. If you had the green, they sold it to you. And us kids would buy it and go to the drive-in. When you went to the drive-in, did you sneak a couple in in the trunk? Not just a couple of guys. We'd load the truck up. We had a buddy with a camper. He'd, we'd, we'd have 10 people standing in that camper when we could have sold. Yeah, sure. Why not? I love the A1 Brewery that sold to you off the Loading hey, you know. All right, I think they're they're a little more uh, particular about inventory these days. I would think so, yes. Yeah. Back then it was, you know, well, back then you could say I dropped a case. Yes. And they'd be like, oh, okay, what'd you do? I swept up the glass and threw it out. Yes, exactly. And they, they just were... wrote it off to, to what they call shrink. No surveillance cameras, mm-hmm. right? No, not back then. All right, more on my first beer. Uh, well, it was, I was actually 20 years old. I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to drinking. So uh, I was uh, at a party, and I had my first beer there uh, with some work friends. Do you remember the brand? I believe it was Bud Light, actually, which was a horrible choice. Why? <laughs> and is that where you stopped, just at the one beer? Um, actually, I went from a beer to a rum and coke, and then uh, that night I got pretty sick. So yep. I was kind of turned off from drinking for a while, but I was proud of myself for waiting till 20. You know, beer before liquor makes you sicker. So. Mm-hmm. Liquor before beer, never fear. There we go. <laughs> One of the great old sayings right there. I, it's never failed me. The full saying is, what is it? Liquor before beer, never no, fear. Wait. Beer before liquor, never sicker. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's that was the way I, that's the way I was taught it back right. when I was a kid, when we were drinking as kids. Wait, more, what? More dangerous to start with beer and go to liquor. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go. As, so, as is often the case, because you know, beer is just—it's well, it's it's bread, it's water, bread is what it is. So it's really good for you. Drop some uh, some alcohol on top of that, and well, it's the fountain of youth, so we say. Yes, and you know what? We talk about this very leisurely and uh, lightheartedly, but whatever you're doing this weekend, do it responsibly. Good morning. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. One hundred point seven KSLX. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.